good morning, 9.30. How's everybody doing? Hey, great. Jump up to your feet. We got a great service plan today. All right, come on, let's sing. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy, come to the table he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so
worship you this morning. Hey! 
we're going to invite the prayer team now. In the scripture in Jeremiah, it says, when you call out to me and when you come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. He's here th this morning with open arms, guys. He wants to hear from you, so bring your prayers, petitions, bring your praise to him, and just join us as we sing this next song. We love you, Lord. You are so, so good. I love you. Oh, your mercy never fails. And all my days, I've been held in your From the moment that I wake, Till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so. You have led me through the fire in darkness. You are ghost like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have in the goodness. Sing it out this morning. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of It's running after me with my life laid down. I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Thank you, Don't mind. 
thankful for the name of Jesus. We lift up that name that is above every other name, the only name given under heaven by which we can be and must be saved. There's power and authority in the name of Jesus. Every demon in hell trembles at the name of Jesus. Sickness and disease leave at the name of Jesus. Hurt and pain are healed at the mention of the name of Jesus. Chaos and confusion leave and peace comes at the mention of the name of Jesus. I know among us this morning there are many that have needs and things that you want God to touch you for, but before we even ask him for any of that, can we take just a second and if you're comfortable, lift your hands or in some way just express praise to the Lord Jesus. We lift high your name and we thank you that you are more than enough. And before we ask you for anything today, we simply praise you for who you are. Our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Redeemer, our friend, the one who was and is and is to come, who is strong and able and mighty to save, who has never changed, who has never lost a battle, our soon coming King. We praise you and we thank you and we glorify you for who you are and the work that you are doing in our lives. 
Now this morning, Lord, we call upon your name for those who have a sickness or a hurt or a pain. Maybe they're suffering in some way. Maybe there's an emotional need. Maybe there's a physical need. Maybe there's something financially. Maybe a relationship that needs restoration. Maybe they just need to feel your touch this morning, Lord. Just to know that you've never left them, never forsaken them. Lord, we thank you. You are more than enough to meet every need. And you're here among us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your presence is in this room. And we sense it and we receive it, God. Thank you for your goodness to us, God. I know that we're supposed to move on, but can we take just a moment longer and praise him and thank him? We worship you, Jesus. We honor you. We glorify you. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. The Bible says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And so, Lord, from the overflow, from the abundance, from deep within our soul, we magnify you and thank you for your nearness and your closeness. Can't you just sense the presence of Jesus this morning? You might be near a loved one or someone that you know. If you want to maybe take them by the hand or put a hand on their shoulder, make a point of contact. There was a word that was given to me this morning that um, someone just sensed in their spirit that today God was breaking chains and opening doors that had previously been closed. So Jesus, we just thank you that that's the work that you're doing. We don't want to rush this moment. We don't want to rush your presence. We want to make time and space for you to move. But Lord, I pray if there be someone here today that feels like they're trapped or that there's a chain around them, that there's something that can't be broken, we just ask in Jesus' name that, that right now you would come in and you would meet every need. You would break every chain. You would open the doors that are supposed to be open and for whatever reason have been closed. And those that feel like they're trapped or caged in, whether it be by an addiction uh, some type of substance, maybe it's a depression, maybe it's just a feeling of hopelessness. I pray that this morning they would experience your hope and in this instant right now, they would see that you have set a path before them. The Bible says that you have plans and purposes for our life and they're good. They're to prosper us and to give us a future. And so we just put our trust and our confidence in your name and in the hope that you can give us. You are our hope. Our hope comes from you. The psalmist said, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the Lord of heaven and earth. And we thank you and we praise you. You are for us. It's such a sacred and special moment that we're sharing together. We're going to transition now. We're going to say the Lord's prayer together. Uh, if you uh, don't know the words, that's okay. They're going to be on the screens, but let's take a second and pray this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Would you take a second and just worship the Lord?
may not have heard that word, but she's just telling me that she feels like there's been a spirit of depression, but that Christ has come to defeat depression. Amen. She said it's, it's not just with adults that the evil one has come in and tried to attack our children. Because he always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that they might have life more abundantly. Now, you know that we believe in the word and you know that we believe in prayer. So would you lift your voice with me? And in Jesus' name, we curse addiction. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are where our hope comes from. And Lord, we've heard two different words that have been spoken this morning where you have touched someone's heart and they have communicated this message to us. We believe that you're doing something supernatural and something significant in this moment that your heart is attuned to those of us in this room that are struggling with depression. And Satan, we declare in Jesus' name that you are rebuked and that your attacks against us and against our children are null and they are void and we take authority over you in the name of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony and we declare greater is he who is within us than he that is in the world. And we thank you that if God be for us, who can ever be against us? So not in our authority or our power, but in the name of Jesus, we take authority and we believe that depression is being broken. Now let's take it a step further. Our kids are over here. Would you just turn and stretch your hands towards our kids are right now? And Lord, we just pray for our children. The evil one wants to come in and harm them. Lord, we pray a protective hedge around them by the Holy Spirit. God, would you guard their hearts and their minds? That's what the Bible teaches us, that peace will come in and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray for our children's ministry leaders, for Pastor Sherry and Donnie and and, uh, for Melanie and for Chris and all those who are working with our children today. Would they bring joy and hope and peace and love from heaven straight into those rooms, God? And would your work and would your perfect plan be accomplished in our children's life. We thank you because you do all things well and because you love us. In fact, you said in your word that we're to come to you like little children. And so I I pray that you would be with them today and bless them. Thank you for this time and this moment. God, we know that you're working and that you're moving. We can sense your presence in this place. We can sense it. Without an applause, just with either your voice or maybe your hands or your heart, can you just thank him in faith that he's here and that he's working? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for manifesting your presence. Thank you for showing up in our midst today, reminding us of your faithfulness, that this is your church, we are your people, the sheep of your pasture, that you care for us, you love us. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the work that you're doing. We thank you for the work that you're doing. I don't want to belabor this at all, but I just feel so strongly that God's trying to heal somebody right now. And if you're in this room and you need a healing from the Lord, I just want you to offer yourself, say, Lord, I need that touch. I've been believing you. This could be an emotional healing that God's trying to do inside of you. This could be a physical healing that you've been seeking for. But I believe that God's touching somebody right now. Lord, we just thank you that you are the healer. Isaiah chapter 53 says, by your stripes, we have been healed. We have been healed. And so we claim that in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you're working in hearts and in lives right now and in bodies. You're restoring our souls, Lord. 
We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to be in God's house together this morning? Is it okay to pause for just a second and let God move amongst us as he will? Uh, thank you, worship team, for leading us into worship, and thank you for being here. This is a, a wonderful crowd this morning. You might want to take a second and turn around and love on somebody or greet them and let them know how lucky they are to get to sit next to you today. And then you can be seated this morning. Thank you, Bonita. Well, we're so glad to have you today, and I want to make sure that I leave enough time for Pastor Daniel. He's going to deliver an amazing message. I've already got to hear it this morning. You're going to be blessed, but I needed to start this morning. I think I sparked a little controversy last week with my teaching, and so I wanted to clear up some things. I've been getting some messages and texts. Some people at Mexican food restaurants have been sending me photos of them with the chips, and I talked about the pre-chip, and so uh, the, the question came up from my own staff, believe it or not, at the uh, Texas Roadhouse. They said, we know that we're pre-chip, but what are we with regards to the, the rolls at Texas Roadhouse? Well, those are from heaven, so they're, they're already sanctified and blessed, you know what I mean? They're, they're just so good. Uh, just a little humor to set it off there. Hey, I want to let you know, all this year, we are talking about reaching one more. In fact, would you say those three words with me? Reach one more. That's what we believe God has called us to as a church family. Right now, in the month of April, we are concluding, because today's the last day, our capital campaign. Now that just means simply that today's the last day that we're officially receiving commitments and those cards are right back there at the table. They're also available at the info table or on our website spirit.church/home. That's what we're calling the campaign. Many of you have already contributed. Many of you have already made a commitment and started giving and thank you, thank you, thank you for that. If you would like to commit to the campaign, again, today's the last official day. We're obviously already receiving money, and we're going to continue to update it. But every week in April, I've made a special announcement about it. Moving forward, I'm only going to talk about the campaign approximately once each month or as needed. But, but once a month, I'll give you an update. Where are we in the construction? Where are we financially? What are the next steps? So that we're all on the same page, as you heard me say from the beginning, Satan wants to come in and bring disunity, and the way we do that is complete transparency. We make sure everybody's in unity, everybody's on the same page. So from this point forward, it'll be about once a month that I'll kind of update you and let you know what's going. But again, thank you for being so, so generous. As we talk about reaching one more, it's not just about the new building. We also believe that God's called us to love and to reach our community. So I've got a special event I need you to put on your calendars. You've already heard us talking about it. But it's May the 27th, and it's called Hope for Tomorrow. We're going to come in and help our community and love our community that day. Our friends from Convoy of Hope in Springfield, Missouri, are going to bring a 18-wheeler full of groceries down, and we're going to be able to distribute those on that Saturday. Now, a lot of people travel because that's Memorial Day weekend, but that just means there's more opportunities for everybody else to step up and to be involved. That website right there, spirit.church slash sign up. You ought to just get out your phone right now. And just go there. Pastors don't normally say that, so you should take me up on it. But get out your phone right now and sign up. Let us know that you can be a part. We're also looking for small groups that can help us. It's going to be a drive-through event, so we're not only putting groceries. We've got special Bibles that we're giving to the families. We're trying to give some practical household items as well. 
Some of our small groups have already stepped up with things like toothbrushes and washcloths, but just practical, tangible things that we can put in these cars to tell our community that we love them, that we're here for them, that Spirit Church is sharing love and joy and peace with them, and we want God to bless them and their families this summer. The other opportunity you have to help us reach one more is through our super camp. It's our VBS. It's coming up July 5th, 6th, I'm sorry, June 5th, 6th, and 7th, and we really want you to be involved. Your kids are going to love it. Pastor Donnie and Sherry uh, doing a great job with our kids, and this is going to be an awesome event. Last year, we had this entire worship center filled with kids. They had great activities, but most of all, they were saying yes to Jesus, and they were hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ presented in a very exciting way. And so right now, I'm not recruiting kids. I'm recruiting volunteers. And so if you're able to volunteer with us and help us that week or those three nights, we could sure use you. Again, Spirit.Church slash sign up full disclosure if you want to work with kids we do require a background check because we love your kids amen and so we don't apologize for that that's just a safeguard that we put in place for your safety for our safety but most importantly so that our children can have an amazing time so find that information it's there Last thing before Pastor Daniel comes to speak, he and, he and Emily are doing an amazing job with our students, and tonight is a really special night. I know we kind of sound like a broken record with that, but man, God has been moving, and our district youth director, he's over all the youth ministries for the state of Oklahoma, is Heath Corrales. He's going to be speaking tonight at our youth service. Make sure you have your students here. It's going to be an awesome opportunity, and this is what I love about Pastor Daniel and Emily. Tonight, they're going to emphasize missions and challenge our students to give to missions. Now, how many think it's cool? that our teenagers are learning how to be good givers and to give to missions. I see some missionaries in the house that are clapping and they're excited about that. So thanks again for being here. Uh, someone a little bit cuter than me, a lot cuter than me and more exciting than me named Letty is going to give you some announcements. And then I need you to roar and scream and shout and holler and throw toilet paper when Pastor Daniel gets up here on stage. All right, let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Letty and we're so happy you joined us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family and we'd love to connect. If you're here in person, you can scan this QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. Instead, let this service be our gift to you. But if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways that you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online on our website by going to spirit.church give. Or, as always, you can give on your Spirit Church app. Spirit Church, you're the best. Now I've got a few announcements for you. Join us this Wednesday at 7 p.m. for our last refresh of the semester. If you would like to sign up to be baptized at this night of worship, you can sign up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Child care will be provided birth through five, but your older kids are invited to worship and pray along with us. Next Sunday, May 7th, is our next growth track class at 11 a.m. If you're interested in becoming a member, learning about what we believe, or serving on a spirit team, this is the class for you. You can sign up to attend on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. And lastly, next Sunday is Grad Sunday, and we cannot wait to celebrate the class of 2023. 
If you're graduating high school, please submit a senior photo, where you're graduating from, and a short description of your next steps to Gabby at SpiritChurch.com. Today is the last day to submit this information to be included in our graduation video. Spirit Church, we love you. Thanks for listening. Now let's get out our message notes as Pastor Daniel comes to finish our message series on heaven. It almost made it. It almost made it. My favorite thing about this is whenever he mentioned throw toilet paper, I was in the back and I said, that wouldn't be the first time toilet paper was thrown in the sanctuary. Um, youth ministry is awesome, guys. I love it so stinking much. But today, I'm, it's just such an honor to be able to come and talk to you guys and be able to talk about eternal life and really what our role is in it and how eternal living starts now. But first, I want to give credit where credit's due and give thanks where thanks is due. Thank you so much, Pastor Jason and Robin, for being incredible leaders. Yeah, give it up for them. <laughs> Investing in the next generation and truly giving us opportunities to grow our gifts. So thank you so much. Uh, for those of you that are wondering why I have sunglasses on my shirt, like you saw out in the commons area, I memorized my verse. Come on, come on. So if you have your sunglasses on, how about you stand across this room with me, take those and put them on your face, and we're going to read the end of vault text together so we can hopefully memorize it by the time you leave today. So let's stand up on our feet, and let's go ahead and let's look at the end of vault text today. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for an opportunity to just come into your presence and just glorify you, God. I pray that your name will be honored and that so many people will hear a message that stirs their hearts to begin truly trying to impact their community and reach one more because, Lord, there's so much room in your home. I just pray that we can fill it, God. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. You can be seated. Now, before we get started, I want to give you a heads up. We're talking about the parable of the ten bridesmaids, which is talking about our responsibilities while here on earth in regards to eternal life. But before that, we've been talking about heaven all month, and I've had, man, this story that I just want to walk through with you guys really fast. My experience of what to expect when the rapture comes, okay? Now, how many of you guys grew up in church, yeah? Some of you grew up, you heard like the Turner Burn theology, right? Get right with God or you're going straight to hell, right? That's what I always heard, okay? So, growing up, I was the kid that got saved every Sunday, right? All right, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Who in this room wants to receive Jesus for the first time? It's my 50th, but I don't even care. I just want to make sure I'm going to heaven. I don't want to go to hell, right? That was my thought. So I raised my hand every Sunday. I was that kid that wanted to make sure I was doing what I was supposed to. I was able to be in the presence of God someday. So one day while my parents were at work, I was probably fourth to sixth grade, somewhere in that range. I went down to their room and was looking for a movie to watch because this was still somewhat VHS, DVD transition period, okay? I'm old enough to understand VHS tapes. Don't judge me. So I go into the room, and I'm looking for movies, and I find this VHS tape that's a Christian movie. That's what I need to watch. What would that movie be? Left Behind, right? 
Woo! I want to know what's coming next, baby. Let's do this thing. So I grab Left Behind. I go ahead and I put it in the what, VHS player. I almost said DVR. That's not it. The VHS player. And whenever I start to watch this, I'm instantly regretting every decision I've just made as a child. Okay? Like, I'm like, I'm terrified. I don't want any of this to happen. I'm starting to have nightmares of whether or not I'm saved or not. Like, whoa, what's going to happen? I'm going to hell. I messed up. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I did wrong today, but it says we sin all the time, right? So obviously I sinned. I've got to get right with God again on Sunday. Come on. So I'm in this mindset where I'm afraid of the rapture. So I come up with this concept of a rapture checklist, all right? So these were my steps to ensure I did not miss God's second coming, Jesus' second coming for us. One, go down to your parents' room and make sure there are no clothes laying on the floor. Because if there's clothes just laying there, that means they've gone and everything they had on has disappeared. It's just there. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. So I go downstairs. If I see that, I start freaking out. My heart rate starts pumping. I'm losing it. My next step, call mom and dad. Okay. So that's my next step. If their clothes are on the ground, y'all better be answering, okay? So I'm calling them. I'm like, hey, are you okay? Where are you guys at? What's going on? They don't answer. I'm freaking out. Like, I'm actually, like, down to the last step, and I don't know what else to do. And by the grace of God, I have a grandma that is holier than thou, right? So I call her, and I'm like, if grandma didn't make it in the rapture, nobody made it in the rapture, y'all. Like... <laughs> This is my last resort. If this woman isn't in heaven, I don't know what heaven is, okay? Like, I call her, and every single time she'd answer and be like, hey, what you want? And I'm like, okay, good, I'm alive, bye. And I just hang up. Like, I don't have to think about nothing else. I'm like, good, the rapture hasn't happened yet. I still have a chance. I was so stinking scared. Even though I wanted to honor God at this point in my life, I was so, so scared of missing out on this opportunity but as we've been talking about, it's not something we should be scared of. It's something we should be celebrating in advance because we know whenever we say yes to Jesus and we live a life that's honoring to him, that our eternal salvation is cemented. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be afraid because we know where we get to go. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 25 today. And my first point for you guys is this. Eternal life requires preparation. Eternal life requires preparation. It's not something you get to just flip on and off. It's not something that you can prepare last second. It requires preparation right now. Matthew 25 verses 1 through 5 says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, right before this, Matthew is building off of the time and the content and the concept of the Lord's second coming. So we have to understand that he's building off of the last chapter where he's bringing in the Lord's second coming into the bigger picture. So he's trying to help provide practical application through this story of the ten bridesmaids. As you see, five of these bridesmaids were considered wise and five were considered foolish. Now the thing that we have to acknowledge is that it doesn't say that these bridesmaids looked any different than one another. They all had lamps. 
They were all bridesmaids ready to go. They're all excited. They look the part. They have the tools required. But the part that differed between the wise and the foolish was the oil they had on hand. This oil isn't something that we see in the process of a lamp that is lit. We don't often look at the details like this. The part that's hidden, though, this oil is the only way that the lamp can be lit and function the way that it needs to. We're right now in a time and age where a lot of people are wearing the badge of being a Christian, but not many people actually have the oil that it takes to go along with that. We can look the part. Our appearance looks the part. We have the tools. We have the lamp, but there's no sustenance to light it. We were, I was actually in a meeting just like earlier this month where we're going over statistics with the next generation that's coming up. They're called Gen Alpha. And the alarming statistic that I heard wasn't necessarily with the students. It was with the parents of Gen Alpha. This statistic, yeah, oh, yeah. This statistic is that 66% of their parents say that they're Christians. Great thing, right? That means that something is happening. We have a good number of Christian parents. The alarming thing is that only 2% of them actually share a biblical worldview. You know what that means? We have a lot of lamps, but we don't have any oil in the lamps. We have a lot of people saying, we're ready, but they don't have the oil that it takes to actually go out and meet the bridegroom when he comes, to meet Christ when he comes. We've got to do a better job of our private life, our private walk with Christ, and stop doing it for the affirmation of others and start doing it because we truly want to please God in everything we do. There's some depth that comes with this. We talk about how amazing heaven is and how terrifying hell is. But also at the same token, we don't talk enough about our part in the puzzle, right? We don't talk about how the responsibility is on us to decide what we do day in and day out, right? You have a part to play in your eternal life. But here's the thing. Even though these bridesmaids knew they were not prepared or ready, they still fell asleep with the bridesmaids that were prepared, the wise ones, the foolish bridesmaids that didn't have enough oil still fell asleep at the same time as the wise bridesmaids that did. They didn't think about preparing. They didn't get ready for the second coming of Christ. They just joined with what the rest of everybody else that was prepared was doing. We have to make sure that we are taking advantage of the time that we have to truly prepare ourselves and seek out opportunities to be ready for whenever God comes once again this kind of reminds me of our honeymoon bless you our honeymoon whenever me and emily got married i'm so adhd i'm sorry y'all like it's just a thing i work with students it's fine me and emily got married we're about to go on our honeymoon and what i learned really fast is we prepare so different for vacation okay we're talking hey what time do we need to leave because we're going to colorado so we got to leave early in the morning right what time are we thinking about leaving okay we set a time i think it was like five o'clock or something like that i don't know and we're going through and the day before the night before we just finished our wedding we get back to the house we're getting ready and all this stuff she gets her bag packed she's like okay i gotta make sure i didn't forget anything tomorrow are you good i'm like i haven't even packed my bag yet homie like i'm gonna pack tomorrow morning you, you don't even get it yet this is gonna be okay she's like stressing because i'm just like Type B, through and through. She's type A, I'm type B. So she's checking everything. She's making sure it's all ready. And I just want to put you into this vision, this story right here, where I get up the next day, I pack my bag, I take it downstairs, and I'm ready to load it into the car. And I'm like 30 minutes ahead of schedule because I can't sleep whenever I'm going on vacation. I'm ready to put it in my car. My wife wakes up, and she's drowsy. 
and she's trying to get around and get ready, and she's like, uh, I think I need to go and check again, and starts making sure everything's in the bathroom's packed, everything like her charger and stuff is packed, because I got that wrong earlier, I thought we forgot chargers, it wasn't chargers, so I'll tell you in a second, but she goes ahead, she makes sure we have all that, and then we get to the point where I'm like, honey, we're 10 minutes past schedule already. Like, we got to get going. We got to get. Well, let's check one more time, one more time, one more time. So I'm loading up our bags while she's checking again, right? Like, I'm getting all my stuff ready. I'm sitting in the car at this point like, all right, we got to figure something out. Like, it's time to go. She grabs a blanket. She grabs a pillow. She finally heads out. She's ready to go, you know. She's going to sleep the whole drive. Praise God, right? She gets to nap. <laughs> I wasn't tired at all, I promise. We get in the car. We start driving. We get to Colorado, everything's great, it's amazing, and then we get to the day where we're white water rafting, y'all, and they tell us we had to have dry fit clothes in an email that they sent three months in advance, letting us know this reservation, and we show up with no dry fit clothing, and get told that we have to find some, and so we're like scrambling in the store just looking for stuff, I was like, I don't even know what to get, but I'm going to get it, I don't even care at this point, right, and we finally get it all taken care of, and it's great, but what I want to tell you is this. There's going to be times that you forget stuff, right? There's going to be times where you're forgetting something, but how much better prepared are you if you have an emergency go bag or you have a vacation bag that is already packed, ready to go at any time? You don't have to worry about it because you had a checklist. You already went through and cleared everything. For those of you that are type A, praise God for you all because I'm not. You already went through and you checked all the boxes, made sure everything was packed, and you knew any time that it was time to leave that all you had to do is pick up that bag and walk out the door. Imagine spiritually if you were that same way. Imagine spiritually if you had your emergency go bag packed because your faith was so solidified that you weren't turning it on and off. You weren't somebody that would unpack and repack. You were somebody that just stayed packed and ready to go at all times. That's what God's calling us to do. This is why we don't have to be afraid of God's second coming because whenever we stay packed, we're always ready for whenever he arrives. Amen? My next point for the day is eternal life requires readiness. So it requires preparation first and foremost. But once you're prepared, it requires you personally to be ready to go as well. Matthew 25, verses 6 through 10 says, At midnight they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. I want you to understand that it's talking about the, at the time of midnight here, right off the bat in the passage. Why is it important? Guess what, guys? I can't tell you Jesus is coming back at midnight. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know a time. I don't know a day. I don't know the hour. It says that in Scripture. None of us do. But because it symbolizes midnight here in this story, it points out midnight, is to show us that it is going to be when we least expect it. Christ is going to come when we least expect it, when we're least aware, and we have to be ready for whenever he approaches. Because that's whenever he came to these bridegrooms. There was a shout that woke everyone up, the foolish and the wise. The trumpets that are going to sound, yes, yeah, it's going to wake everyone up. It's going to make everyone acknowledge that something is happening. For those that are prepared, they're going to grab their lamps. For those that weren't prepared, they're going to grab their lamps. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to go out and meet this bridegroom, and if your lamp doesn't have the sustenance needed to stay lit 
and bright, then you're going to have to turn away and find something that I'll let you, but it's going to be too late. Whatever you're praying and you're asking God, come into my life, but you're really relying upon the faith of your friends and your family, your oil's going to be dry. And they're going to look at you and they're going to have to say, I'm so sorry, I don't have enough for you. There is a personal responsibility for us to be prepared in private so that we can step out and be ready whenever Christ comes once again. As we mentioned before, you cannot rely on the appearance of what you're putting forth. You have to have some kind of sustenance to back it up. People won't see the work that you put in. People don't need to, because guess who will? God will. Something right now that we're practicing and trying to work on with our youth group right now is empowering each one of them to have a Bible in their hands. That's the goal, that we can provide a Bible for every single child that comes into our youth group. Why? Because your phone is a great tool, but guess what? There's something powerful about a physical word of God being in your hand. There's something special about not having notifications that pop up and take your attention away and allowing kids to experience the fullness of God's presence. Something terrifying that I saw on social media the other day was this youth pastor talking about a parent that approached him and was talking about their students having eight hours a day on the Bible app. Why is that terrifying? Because instead of actually reading the Word of God, they were sending inappropriate pictures to others through the Bible app. They would create images with scripture references and send them to their significant other. As great as technology is, there's still access to ways to manipulate it. Technology in and of itself is not inherently evil. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, there is something powerful about separating ourselves from, from technology and being able to focus in on what God wants to do. Your kid does not have to have a cell phone to understand God's word. Your kid needs to have parents that are biblically literate. They need to have people in their lives that are wise and that help advise them as they read scripture and have questions. We want to change a generation, and it starts with getting them in God's word. We're so passionate about it. We don't want people just being lost. We don't want them being unprepared. We want them to be ready when Christ comes again, and it's burdening our hearts. This is why we care about missions so greatly. This is why we emphasize it like we are tonight, is because we want kids to understand that doing the small things right include tithing. Right now, currently, as a youth student, your 10% tithe goes directly towards missions in the way that we set it up. It goes directly towards going straight to the missionaries that can share the love, joy, and peace with the least, last, and the lost. That's what we want our students to understand. We always give kids and kids' church a dollar or a quarter or a dime or whatever to put into the offering buckets, but how many of us still do the same for our youth students? How many of us are helping to continue grow them whenever they get to the point where they're old enough to truly comprehend this, get jobs, and understand how to give 10% of that check that they receive instead of just having the dollar given to them by their parents? These little tiny baby steps is what's going to take us to honoring God and pleasing him in everything that we're doing in our next generation ministries. And we need your guys' help to continue just praying for our students. Continue praying for them and asking them how you can be a part and asking them how you can support them and just be there for them. We have to raise up a next generation that isn't only 2% biblical worldview, but one that's 100% biblical worldview for every believer that identifies in Christ. That's the goal. I do want to talk to you guys a little bit on a lighter note. I'm so sorry. Being serious sometimes is hard for me. On a lighter note, I want to talk to you about the most stressful part about being a youth pastor, okay? And that is organizing and executing events for youth ministry. Stay with me. I know. You're, you're like really confused right now. Here's the thing. You never know what's going to happen on a youth trip. 
there is no earthly way to know what is going to happen on a youth trip. Because guess what? That kid that you thought is the most mature kid in your youth group will wander off. And you will be like, what just happened? Why is this happening right now? If that's not enough, you're going to have youth camps that come up, like last year, where we have a bus that's reserved for them to come and pick us up, and then the bus driver slept through and didn't wake up to his alarm, so we're sitting there 30 minutes after whenever we were supposed to be picked up without a bus driver, and that's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm just bitter. Um, (laughs) Or they get sick, and that's a great excuse. Don't come if you're sick. And then there's always, without fail, caffeine that gets involved. Now, for those of you that didn't laugh when I said that you've never worked in youth ministry with a sixth grader that's never had a Mountain Dew until he comes into your youth group and begins bouncing off the walls and saying, this is life changing. I love this. Oh my gosh. Or like the, you know, senior student that brings Red Bull into youth camp. You didn't even realize it. So you ask him if you can have one every morning. Uh, to help settle that agreement. But there's always chaos that comes up on youth trips. And so it's stressful. But the only way that you really get to enjoy yourselves on these trips is whenever you know that you've put in the time organizing and making sure everything's going to flow right and you've built a team of leaders that are around you that you can trust to help you keep those wandering kids with the group, the ones that say, hey, maybe we don't need Mountain Dew right now. Maybe you need water so you don't fall over dehydrated at youth camp because there's no trees or anything in between. But our faith requires readiness like this as well. It It requires us to prepare ourselves in advance It requires us to have all those things that give us the confidence to say, whenever it happens, I'm ready to go. I don't have to worry. I have that readiness that is built upon a faith that is only founded upon Christ and nothing else. It is so important for us to be prepared, but it's also so important for us to be ready. And the last thing is eternal life is yours to receive or reject. Eternal life is yours to receive or reject. Matthew 25, verses 11 through 13 says, Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Are you ready? Have you prepared? See, here's the thing is, God already sent Christ to come and die for us and pay the price that we were all due. He's already made the way. All you have to do is receive it or reject it. You live a way that's honoring and pleasing to him or you live a way that honors and pleases your own flesh. It's something that's real and I don't want to make it where you feel afraid once again, but I want it to be something where you understand the severity of what we're talking about. There is responsibility on your part. There is responsibility. You have to live as scripture tells us to live. You have to believe in Christ and everything that he did to truly enter into heaven. The problem is we stop sometimes at saying, I said yes to Jesus, therefore I'm right with him and nothing else has to happen. But the thing is when you say yes to Jesus, it's just the beginning of a journey. It's not the end. It's the beginning of saying yes to Jesus. I'm going to change the ways that I was so that I can become who you want me to be. 
I'm going to not be Daniel here on earth. I'm going to be Daniel the way that God intended for Daniel to be in heaven. I'm going to begin trying my absolute best to reflect everything that you've commanded of me so that I can have the eternal life at the end of the tunnel. Your little lamp is worthless unless you have oil. You calling yourself a Christian means nothing unless you actually bear fruit. We have to start being intentional with our walk with Christ. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves as the foolish bridesmaids who have, a, who have the sense of urgency and despair calling out, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And he's going to have to say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. And we don't want that for anybody. There's more than enough room in our Father's home. We're on a mission to reach one more so we can have an entire community, nation, and world that goes to heaven and gets to be with our Heavenly Father for eternity and take part of this wonderful feast that is going to be present. What we have to do is we have to understand that we must keep watch. For you do not know the day or hour of my return. This is what I'm going to ask of you. If you're in this place and you're starting to think, man, I don't know what to do, I'll tell you right now, stop guessing and start getting ready. Stop guessing, stay ready if you've already started. Stop putting off, making your life right with God, and start seeking opportunities to serve Him constantly. Stop blaming your circumstances, your relationships, or your schedule, and start taking responsibility for your actions. Eternal life is yours to receive or reject. Don't be like the foolish bridesmaids that miss out because they were so distracted looking, to the, looking the part that they missed out on actually having what it took to walk out and meet Christ when he comes. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With no one looking around, just you and God, I wanna give you the opportunity. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, if you need God to come into your life and radically transform you, you've never said yes to him before, and you're saying today's the day that I say yes to eternal life and to changing a generation, to changing a family, I just want you to slip up a hand with no one looking around. I see that hand. Thank you. You can put it down once you raise it. Thank you. I see that hand. Awesome. Awesome. I'll give you a few more moments. Awesome. Awesome. I want to pray over this specifically, but afterwards I have one more thing that I'm going to ask of you guys. So just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment longer. But if you'll pray with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. God, help me to follow you for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're in this place and you feel like you're, you've been far from God too, I just want to give you an opportunity too. If you're saying, I need to come back to him. I need to come back to God. I need to stay ready. I've gotten unprepared, but I'm ready to say, God, this is, this is it. This is the turning point for me, and I want to be in eternal life with you, and I don't want to miss it when you come. If you'll just slip up a hand and say, that's me in this place. And you're like, I want to come back to God. I've strayed away from him. I need to make it right with him. I just want to give you this opportunity. Guys,
life. It's all about taking the next step. It's all about continuing to serve him for all the days of our life. So I'm going to pray one more time, and then whenever we finish praying, I want us to stand up, and I want us to give God the biggest shout of praise we can ever give him. Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. We praise you for everything that you're doing in the hearts of us who say that we are believers, that say that we are Christians. Father, I pray that you will begin to grow, grow our passion for what you're passionate for, God. Grow our understanding of what we can do to help effectively reach one more. Lord, our goal is to make heaven crowded. Our goal is to fill those rooms that are available because there's more than enough. But Father, we want to pack it out, Jesus. We want heaven to be every single soul that can make it and that can hear this word to be able to be reached. For the ones that haven't heard it, the ones that don't have access to it, Father, make a way for us to encourage and support the missionaries that are going out overseas. Help raise up missionaries here in this church to send them into these places that need to hear your word. Because Father, at the end of the day, eternal life has already been paid and it's ours to receive or reject. So Father, allow us to reach one more so they can have that opportunity, Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for everything you're doing here in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand up on our feet. Let's give God a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You are worthy of it all, Jesus. Man, what a great day. Thank you again. We're so honored again that you choose to spend your Sunday with us here at Spirit Church. I do, I do want to remind you a couple of things. So again, this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. is, is Refresh, our, our night of kind of worship and just seeking God. And so we invite you to that. Hope to see you there. And also just a reminder, uh, we have our growth track class uh, next Sunday. If you haven't attended that, uh, simply it's just a, a class that you can kind of discover some next steps in your uh, walk with Jesus and also maybe find where uh, you fit in best here at Spirit Church. But before we go, uh, I want to pray a prayer, a blessing over you. Uh, so if you feel comfortable, raise your hands uh, towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. We love you guys. Have a wonderful week.